Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and welcome to the Jewel Network Science Broadcasting Frequency. The Jewel Network is a radio frequency of continuous streaming science, knowledge, and wisdom which promotes and sustains the activation of the present evolutionary process of immortality and the unfolding of the God Self within the evolving planetary society on planet Earth. The Jewel Network is committed to broadcasting the sciences of life and the sciences of living. By cultivating the mind of a scientist, you are being able to extract the very best the current 21st century has to offer. You are listening to the Dr. Jewel's Brain Balancing Program and more with your host, physician and surgeon, microbiologist, preventive medicine and hygiene physician, and Surgeon General, Dr. Joel Poole. Hello, and hi, how are you today? Blessings, blessings, blessings. You know, I'm just thinking, you heard me say hi, you know, and People like, oh, you want to, you know, want to say hi, you want to say, you know, whatever, whatever. And my thing is that, oh, I'm sending you all to go hi, higher, okay. <laughs> so hi, hi to you. So this is your uh, favorite scientist for our present future, and this is the Jewel Network, of course. I'm Dr. Jewel, and we have a wonderful discussion for you today. Now, I'm doing an extra-long show here, um, and isn't it wonderful that we can do that? So, you know, it always happens that my first 52 minutes, I have so much information to give to you that before I know it, we're closing the show out. So we extended them, and therefore I have given ourselves 30 minutes of Q&A at the end of my first 60 minutes. Yay for the Jewel Network. Okay. So what are we talking about today? Well, in our discussion this week, I recognize that a lot of individuals still don't really recognize how your tissues come into existence. And if you don't understand how your tissues come into existence, then you really don't understand the blood. How about that? Now take a sip on that. Okay, take two sips of water because you're going to really have to understand how important water is, which turns to be the serum that those incredible, what I call everyday stem cells are able to navigate through the arterial venous system of your human avatar, the human body, and they do a wonderful thing which allows you to continuously have a body. Now, I'm just going to talk to you in the first level of what happens at the third dimension. Okay, when we start talking about what blood does at the fourth, the fifth, and sixth dimension, oh, it's going to really blow you away. So, therefore, we're going to keep it relatively simple. Okay, we can't get too simple. Okay, relatively simple so you can understand this fabulous avatar physical body that you have okay so without further ado you got your water you got your pen your pencils and look uh, uh, on your paper what you take notes on and what are you taking notes on 
It's very important here that for the information we give you, you must start writing on gridded paper. Now, in the old days, we used to call this graph paper, okay? And some really wise teachers used to have us do our calculations on graph paper. But this was a very simple, and it still exists to be a very simple, example of how manifestation is created in this dimension. You have to start with the graph, with the grid. And when you want things to manifest in this dimension, you go and you put them on the grid. Ask any weaver about how important the loom with its grid determines the quality of the fabric. Isn't that amazing? All this stuff is just in everyday life and everything we do, all related. So my sponsors want to speak to you, and without further ado, I'm going to let them do that, and then we're going to basically kind of roll up our sleeves and take a ride on what? One of your red blood cells so you can actually see what you're riding on, what the body is made of, and how it comes into existence. You're a fabulous being. Don't forget it. And let's do the third dimension of science on this, first level. Be right back after this message. You are listening to the Jewel Network Science Radio Broadcasting Frequency. The Jewel Network provides the neural nutrition and stimulates expansion and evolution of the human brain, nervous system, and body. Remember, our source is a neuron. All right. Okay, let's do it. So it's interesting. For my uh, younger, evolving generations here, even younger than the X generation, et cetera, just bear with me. You're so used to everything being instant, you want it right now. You know, I want all the data, I want all the information, blah, blah, blah. and you miss so much of the grid, the building block, so that you can understand that what you want right now had to evolve into a whole revolution, evolution, bringing forth the entire cosmos before you could have the instantaneous manifestation. And it's very important that we don't allow you to continue to go through a process known as growth and evolution and not understand the platform that you have to always stand on, the grid, and know how creation comes into manifestation. And I'm so concerned that in our younger generations, you're missing this because everything just seems just, again, a snap of your finger. And you're correct. It is because the whole concept about time was always an illusion. So what appeared to take a long period of time, et cetera, was really an expression and a reflection of the evolution of our brains. You and my younger generations, et cetera, now everything is a snap, 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 and everything is instant. But you have to understand that your ancestors had to do the work to grow the neural net so that when you came along, those circuits were already developed. And so that it required 
certain stimuli and environments, et cetera, to bring about the growth of the neural net so that you could basically add to what? The neural circuitry of the human brain. Now, let me rephrase that a little differently because it's not a matter of adding to the neural circuitry. All the circuitry is there in your brain. The key is the unfolding of the neural circuitry to its next level of evolution, growth, development, and expression. And so now with all of this foundation set into place, that with just simple focus, you are able to experience what appears to you to be instantaneous. Now, let me just tell you a little secret, though, about the cosmos, which is why you want to just pace yourself and pay attention, is because everything has already existed. It's just a matter of you developing a limitless brain that represents the cosmos as to what your consciousness can be able to recognize about you and your environment at the moment. So it's really true that you are discovering, but what are you discovering? Yourself. Yourself. So one more thing I want to say before we go into the blood. We're on focus, but again, I want to give you a foundation to stand on So when I talk about the blood, you can handle the ride into your greater intellect. So what is very interesting to understand here is the fact that the unfolding, just like how a fern unfolds, you know, it's all spiraled down into the uh, Fibonacci fold, circle, and as it unwinds and unfolds, it's the same thing that your neurons do, which means that now information is available that your consciousness can actually capture and focus the light through that construct so that it becomes a three-dimensional manifestation. And it was interesting the early days of that growth and development that now allows you to have what appears to be instantaneous manifestation. But you're not there yet, okay? Our printers, now that are available to you, the 3D printers, what are they doing? They're able to take three-dimensional mass and print out in 3D your template. Our printers couldn't do that before, right? Piece of paper, put the ink on it, and there you go, two-dimensional three-dimensional now, where it actually now goes from two-dimensional, okay, to three-dimensional, stand up in your face next to you, manifestation. And so with this growth, continuation of the neural nets of the brain, we now have finally reached 3D, where what we see and what we touch really becomes three-dimensional. So with this understanding, what does that mean about the blood? Because just like we can take and create a printer outside of us that allows you to use mass, we can give the printer styrofoam or we can give it cement or we can give it ground up 
wood chip paste, and it will actually print out the template that on a two-dimensional scale we gave it, and it blows it up to three dimensions. Well, where do you think that came from? That is part of the template that's used to build everything in this dimension. So whether it's a red blood cell, whether it's a tissue that have now agreed to go into uniform functioning that builds an organ system, it still comes from the grid, the graph paper, which represents what? Two-dimensional, one- to two-dimensional patterns of light that now have been able to coalesce with the emphasis being put on the nexus points in that grid. More focus captures more light, which then blows up the dimension from second to third dimension, and this is what we have done. The same thing as to how you got red blood cells how you acquired red blood cells. So, you know, we're not going to go through the story here of the placenta, but that's very important to understand what that does so that we take what appears to be just serum carrying nutrients, goes through an interface, and finally produces a red blood cell of a very peculiar and incredible capability that allows you to be able to do what? Extract the oxygen from water. We call it the amniotic fluid. And then a process happens at the next level where you now take in nitrogen combined with oxygen, and that instantly precipitates a whole series of reactions that now causes a new quality of blood to be formed, a blood cell. So what we call fetal hemoglobin that has a very high propensity for oxygen through the extraction of itself in a liquid media, water, okay, amniotic fluid, now totally changes its affinity and is capable of being able to capture oxygen in what we call air, and its major companion, nitrogen. Now, for those of you who are my present, future generation scientists, why are you constantly being told that we need the oxygen, the oxygen, the oxygen? But yet and still, our air that we breathe is primarily nitrogen, not oxygen. Pay attention. Nobody talks about the nitrogen we breathe and what it does. You get the information on how it's important that only the plants really need this nitrogen. Okay, the soil has to have extra nitrogen. But now we're breathing all this nitrogen. 70% of your air is nitrogen, not oxygen. And so what does that say? about the quality of blood that you have that has to carry 70% nitrogen and only 20% oxygen. I want you to cause those neural nets to grow a little more. 
and think about what's really happening here in your body. So we're going to loop way forward, and we're going to talk about my discoveries, just a few of them with the blood. Very, very, very interesting and amazing decided that I would start looking at my patient's blood now. During my surgical residence, my OBGYN residence, we were always taking blood. Through medical school, the VA hospitals, private clinics, we were always taking blood. And, of course, we were given the basic uh, knowledge allegedly about the blood and we're running tests on it for this, 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 that, and the other. But really, the hemomorphology of the blood was just for people, people who were more interested in that. And that small group of medical professionals usually went into pathology. And then those people who were really geeked up went into hematology, okay, for human blood. But that blood is amazing. And like I said, I've told you in previous shows that I had a microscope ever since I was eight years old and got very interested in it and was able to start looking at mass through an electron microscope, which I wanted to become very, very efficient in that. But I was deviated to medical school. And so my capacity to look at the atomic structures, the atomic structures of mass. I was really geeked up about that, but we stayed in the third dimension. And over time, I returned back to recognizing that my microscope still had a lot of information for me to acquire. Now, this information about the blood was so amazing to me, okay? All of this time, throughout medical school, surgical residency, obstetrical residency, to be really clear about nutrition and how that made a direct impact on the quality of your blood was still very basic. Okay, well, we eat broccoli and spinach and tomatoes and whatever else, et cetera, because we're absorbing the nutrients from these foods that are going to be carried in the bloodstream, and eventually our tissues are going to absorb it and do their thing. Well, that is minimally correct, minimally correct, because what the real deal is is that all of the tissues of the human body, as well as other mammals, is derived from one basic toady potential cell. Now, you're told about the, the stem cells, and the stem cells are the ones that are called toady potentials, you know, but they sit only in certain areas of the body, and they just kind of sit there, and they watch everything passing through them and around them, et cetera, just all kind of viruses, bacteria mold, rickettsia, all kind of things, okay, waste and trash and mucus and all the stuff. And they just sit there while the body's going through an inflammatory reaction or an actual infestation pathological reaction to a foreign invader, okay, or the deterioration of organs and tissues 
and the stem cells just sit there. So if you think about that, it's like, well, I got these tissues that have total potential, total potential. We just say toady, toady potential. They can do anything. And they see all this stuff going on as the arteries and the veins and the lymphatics are flowing past them and through their little clusters, and they just sit there. Well, to me, that was just very disturbing because it's like, hey, you see all this stuff going on? Look at the, you know, deterioration of this system, that organ, you know, the hair, skin, and you're just going to sit there instead of us regenerating? What are you doing? Well, very interestingly, those cells are incredible, and you have to learn about the stem cells because you do have them. They're in specific locations of the body, but they become active to do their thing when the actual blood quality is such that communicates with them what to do and to then do it. Other than that, you have your everyday total potential cell that takes care of everything, and it's known as what? The red blood cell. Now, ride with me. Come on, we're still riding, so that you can then begin to understand, going back to my original statement about your diet, how does that play into my tissues getting their nutrients? And there seems to be a big jump and a skip about this, that we eat the food, it goes into our digestive tract. We're told we don't want to have the intestines full of mucus uh, all on the lining of the intestines because then the nutrients can't be absorbed. you got a wall there. Okay, then we're told, okay, you don't hear anything else, and then all of a sudden the nutrients are in the blood. Well, why don't we hear anything else about that? Okay, what is it that has to be able to absorb the nutrients so that they can get into the bloodstream? Well, the key here is that there's these wonderful little cells called the microvilli. And villi, little fingers, like a little blades of grass, where the cell has a baseline, has a base, foundation, and then all these little finger-like protrusions are projecting off at the top of the cell that does what? Lines the intestinal tract, and especially the small intestines. Now, there's different breakdowns of sections of the small intestines. I'm sending you to do the homework on that, but the small intestines in general is responsible for absorbing your minerals, your fatty acids, your proteins as they break down, okay, because by the time everything is broken down, from the time it goes on your tongue, we should be dealing with the chemistry, the biochemistry of what you ate. So the amino acids that have made the protein, the fatty acids that compose the fat, the butter that you ate, the carbohydrates now, they're revealed and available for the little finger-like projections to absorb these carbon and hydrogen and oxygen components that make the carbohydrates. And the carbohydrates are absorbed very early in the digestive tract, okay, in the stomach and early part of the duodenum. So by the time the heavy things get down there that are really bonded together, 
the carbons and the oxygens for your proteins and your fatty acids, etc., can be handled by the little fingers, the villi. Now, what's so interesting, and this is not what's spoken about, is that those little fingers will absorb those minerals, loose minerals, and the carbons and the oxygens and the hydrogens and some sulfur and whatever else, depends on what you ate, because that's the level now that we're dealing with in the small intestine. The little finger absorbs these nutrients, and they're still kind of gummy together, and we call that a monera, where it is a combination of digestive enzymes and elements, carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, sulfur, calcium, phosphorus, the list goes on. And then that lays on top of those little fingers, the little villi, and the microcirculation in those villi absorb those elements. Look at your periodic table. They actually then descend into this incredible factory at the base of the microvilli that assimilate those raw nutrients into what is known as a baby red blood cell. I'm telling you, the tissue synthesis and DNA synthesis occur, and you have something known as a little baby blood cell. Amazing. You see them occasionally in the circulating peripheral circulation, and we call them spirocytes. Normally, we don't see those in the circulating blood because once these little teeny baby red blood cells are made, they are then moved into what? They're moved into what we call the splenic circulatory system, splenic circulation. And it's really interesting how the intestines all are connected to this arterial venous system held in place by very sheer membranes that we call the omentum. And the omentum, because these membranes are so sheer with these arteries and veins running through them and lymphatics, they are protected with fat cells, okay, adipose cells. And that pads these very, very delicate arteries and veins and lymphatics so that they can take the ride and rubbing together between the intestines, et cetera, and still hold the contents in place. Adult red blood cells, lymphocytes, et cetera, that all gather in this what? Just about 30 feet of intestines. But they're all connected where they go into the splenic artery and then they head to where? One incredible place, the spleen. They go into the spleen. Now, what is that spleen? And you don't hear much about it until somebody usually has some kind of trauma. They had abdominal trauma, the spleen ruptured, they lost a lot of blood, and they had to have a splenectomy. Or it's been incriminated with some disorders in the blood where the blood cannot complete its development, and it's felt that the spleen being out of order needs to be removed. 
Of course, there are consequences for taking any aspect of the human body out and away from itself, unless it is really extraordinarily extra or significantly deformed and therefore dysfunctional. But we're talking about the average individual is healthy. You don't want to remove sectors of its internal composition. It's very important to understand. So these little teeny projections on the cells lining the small intestines, known as microvilli, absorb all of these elements and then forms the red blood cells known as the spherocytes. They go and they flow through their own circulatory system into their spleen. Now, what happens with the spleen? Okay. My sponsors say, can we say hello? The answer is, of course. And we'll be right back after this message and station ID, and let's talk about that fabulous spleen. Be right back. Humanity is experiencing a vast variety of disorders, HIV, Zika virus, Ebola, hypertension, meningitis, STD, Alzheimer's, and many others. These disorders are the results of not knowing how to live within and navigate the human body. Most of us have learned how to drive a car, but have yet to learn how to care for and navigate our bodies. Enroll into the Jewel University of Immortal Sciences for Immortal Living to learn how to navigate and maintain a disease-free body. Visit us at www.juis.education or visit us on Facebook. Okay, I am back. And we left off talking about that wonderful, mysterious organ, the spleen. Okay, so we've gotten to the point now where the food that we ate The food that we have eaten has now been broken down through the digestive tract and has gotten to the small intestines. We met the little cell known as the microvilli, who has little fingers that will absorb these elements, carbon, oxygen, hydrogen, etc., that were the building blocks for what we think is fat, proteins, and carbohydrates. And they go into the fingers of the microvilli, and at the base of that cell, there's a factory. And that factory then reassimilates these raw elements into a baby blood cell. The baby blood cells then follow the intestinal circulation primarily to the splenic artery, et cetera, into the spleen. Now, the spleen is amazing. It does many things, but one of the main things that I think is so important is that it is the master distributor of blood throughout the body. It is the distributor. So we have what? The distributor system, the manufacturers, which would actually be the microvilli of our society. They make the automobiles. Okay, the manufacturers, okay, or the food we eat or the clothes we wear, et cetera. And then what do they do? 
you don't go there to the manufacturing plant to get your genes or whatever else, et cetera. You have to be of a special designation. And then you are allowed to get the proportions that you want. And that special designation is allocated in the human body by the spleen. So all of the manufactured red blood cells go into that spleen, and the spleen, first of all, examines them to make sure that their geometric structure, their conformation, and the information that they hold within them, that is the DNA, your genome, your genetic genome is intact because there's a gradation and a growth and an evolutionary process that happens for the red blood cell in the spleen. So once that criteria is identified, then guess what? The nucleus of the red blood cell is removed. All that information is now removed because the red blood cell is to do what? Service the tissues. It is not to exist with its own identity and its own agenda, which is what your DNA, your genome allows you to do, to be able to decide what your purpose is, to be able to have that processed by the brain, then the tissues, now check this out, the tissues by the translation of your thoughts into chemistry via the brain, carried by what? The mature blood cells to the tissues are able to take action to create, I'll just term now, to use the term energetics, to create energy fields supported with behavior and activity from the tissues to manifest in your outer environment what you literally imaged in your mind. It's awesome. This is how you're created. Now, getting back to our little blood cells, their will, literally, their information, who they are, what they are, all this information encoded in your DNA, in your genome is removed. That archive of information known as the nucleus is removed from the baby red blood cells. So now they're there being able to be influenced by anything in the spleen. So now one of the other things that the spleen does is incredible. It takes orders from the organs. Now, that's a whole different uh, discussion (laughs) on the biochemistry that happens as to how we know for a fact every tissue group and organ, which is, again, a higher elaboration and metamorphosis of tissue, focused on specific functions, send an update, a communication into the bloodstream so that every other organ and its system 
knows what every other organ and system is doing at every any particular time. That's right. Your organs communicate with each other, and they do it through chemistry. And you have a whole communication system line that moves this information chemically throughout the tissues. So when this information, this communication arrives at the spleen, the spleen knows the status of every organ. And therefore, the spleen keeps a registry of the functionality and capability and the health of every every organ and its tissue. So therefore, liver needs more liver tissue, more liver cells. The kidneys need more renal cells, glomeruli, for example. And so therefore, this is submitted via the bloodstream to the spleen. So then the spleen looks at all of this product, bright, new, wonderful, neutral red blood cells, and then tags them. 100,000 cells are needed for the liver. Hmm. 250,000 are needed for the kidneys. Hmm. Okay. 400,000 are needed for the pancreas and stomach. When these baby blood cells that no longer have their own will, their own information, they're 100% totally influenced by the environment, the chemical environment that they're in, they are tagged by the spleen, and then they are released out of the splenic circulation into the main arterial system. So now the baby blood cells, because you're riding with me, so if you can just see yourself sitting on a red lifesaver that has a very, very thin membrane in the center. So you see yourself on this round lifesaver. looks like a big donut, except... There's not really a hole, but a very thin membrane. And you're riding down your own artery, and you're watching these baby blood cells pass you, but they have different geometric codes written on the surface. Geometric codes written on the surface. So you're looking around as you're riding, you know, going through your artery, et cetera, and you're seeing these blood cells, they have beautiful geometry, artwork on them, okay? And then you see there's an opening here to the left. There's two openings on the right. Some of the blood cells will go into the openings on the right, onto the left. What are those openings? Those have branches, branches of arteries going where? To other organs and tissues. And that geometry that's written on the membrane synchronizes with specific arteries and veins so that that blood cell that knows that it's supposed to go to the liver has geometric encoding that will allow it to take the what? Transportation system into the arteries and veins that will finally deliver it to the liver. 
Now, if you listen to what I'm telling you, if you've been into any major subway system, for example, like the tube in uh, London or major subway system in the Chicago area, the L, okay, they have the same setup where you can actually see the tracks branch off, have the A train. It goes straight like the B and the C train, but all of a sudden, B train goes off to the left, C train continues to go straight, and then it goes off to the right. Where did you think they got that template from? From you. It's already in us, and so therefore we're building these structures to mimic this incredible, elaborate system of transportation that is already within our bodies. So many of these architects and designers don't even recognize they're just externalizing the detailed structure, architectural structure and templates within their own bodies. Isn't that amazing? So, again, you're on the red blood cell. You're sitting next to me. We're riding, seeing all this stuff go on. Amazing. And you said, okay, we're going to follow the liver geometry. So we get deviated right into the liver. Sometimes you miss your stop, right? And so no problem. We have conduits that circle us around, and based on that geometry, you won't go up into any other uh, artery system because of the geometry on the membrane of the red blood cell. It will circle you back around and then follow itself through its own geometric coded artery system that's going to get you to the liver. So we ride on to the liver, and it is amazing. We're looking at these liver cells. The shape of them are incredible, their color, and we come in as this kind of rounded red blood cell. Well, of course, we get off, and we're kind of standing, hovering there, watching what happens because there's a bunch of other little big blood cells coming in right behind us, and they all go through this incredible process that is determined by the environment of the liver. So the chemistry of the liver, the activity of the liver, what level of production they're in, because, you know, your liver is awesome. It creates its own sugar, glycogen. It creates its own digestive uh, enzymes to help ensure that the entire body is going to acquire it's needed, it's need for fats, carbohydrates, and proteins at the molecular level. It's responsible for the breakdown of hormones. It's a big thing for the liver, as well as the chemistry needed for the breakdown of fats and, most of all, the chelation of toxins. It has a whole factory within it, red blood cells, okay, that basically are responsible for creating the enzymes and the chelates needed to pull all these residual toxins. What is a toxin to the body? Something that it doesn't need anymore. That's not necessary. And so as long as it actually is neutralized, which is what the liver does, and basically then this 
neutralized toxin can pass through the portals of elimination, arterially, lymphatically, and then goes to the collection points, whether that's the kidneys or whether that is the colon, upper body, then it's respired away. It's amazing how we do what? Recycle our waste into many different ways. So, you know, we recycle the cardboard, the paper, we recycle the plastics, we recycle the glass, we recycle the metal cans. Guess where you got that from? That's what your body does. That's what these organs do, especially the organs that specialize in elimination of waste, the kidneys. What type of waste do they handle? The liver, the lungs even. So therefore, as we break down our recycling waste products, our body does the same. And there are special organs that handle, which would be only the glass, only the paper, only the plastic, and the metals, just like in our body. All of this is a reflection of what's happening within us at all times. You must learn how to pay attention. So this baby blood cell, we're still looking at all these blood cells coming up into the liver, and they go into different areas of the liver. Like I said, some make glycogen. Others literally are making bile. Then we have the chelators that are having the hormones to make sure that we don't get too much of any particular hormone has to stay in balance for what? For the gender assignment of your body as well as for the level of development of your body. Okay, we have disorders, and I'm talking about the real big strange things now, like precocious puberty. Okay, so we've got this issue where all of a sudden in this little teeny weeny very young and delicate body blasted with sex hormones. And so, therefore, these areas of the body that would normally be literally silent and quiet all of a sudden go into hyperactivity. So we're seeing mustaches on male children here, five and six years old, not as common as it is in females who are starting to develop breasts at five and six years old, and actually beginning to have menstrual periods this young because they received hormones that were intensely, to intense in amount, and the little young liver areas that would chelate or neutralize that are not able to function at the rate of this exposure. Now, this can happen because of these hormones being eaten. We're concerned about that with the use of hormones being added to animals that we eat, i.e., good example, chickens, and that those hormones are used to cause the chickens to hold weight in the form of what? Water and fat, so that when they go to market, their weight is greater which means that they now are able to generate more money per pound. Okay, well, that's cute for the manufacturers, but then what happens when the children eat this meat? 
And that has been a big problem. And in many countries, unfortunately, it's almost a common problem. So these red blood cells have to follow me because it's a lot because you're in the middle of a factory with all kinds of things going on. It is the red blood cell that based on the environment that it's in, determined by the chemistry of the environment, which is determined by what? The chemistry absorbed and used by the microvilli to build this baby blood cell. The chemistry that now is a marker and an identification tag in the spleen to direct the spleen to send red blood cells to that organ as the chemistry indicates is needed, as well as the health in general of the organ itself, which is based on the mature red blood cells that did what? Totally transformed themselves into becoming part of the liver agreement of function. Now, I'm going to say that again because it's very important that you understand that every organ system is made by of the red blood cell. And it is the environment and the chemistry of the organ that determines the destiny, the fate of the red blood cell relative to the environmental chemistry. Now, in science, the term that's used a lot now is called epigenetics. Epi means upon, around, and then this environment then turns the information carried in our genes on and off. It's very important to understand this now. So the blood cell being the basis for all of the tissues in the body, in a healthy body. Now, in tissues that have what we call gone renegade, tissues of what we call lower life forms, these cells have a capacity when they don't get the proper environment, they don't get the proper nutrients, etc. they go rogue and they do their own thing. They grow intentionally to make sure that their survival needs are met. And when that happens, they are not maintaining the agreement that the surrounding tissues that form the organ have agreed to maintain and sustain. So these tissues that feel that they are not getting what they need, being a part of the group, go into survival mode and they grow in a way that definitely makes sure that they are getting the nutrients that they need. We call that invasion into the circulation. Any nutrients that are coming in, they try to take as much as they can so that whatever left for the rest of the tissues who and which remain in agreement to do the best that they can. The division within these cells, because they don't rely on any of the red blood cells coming in from the spleen anymore. They're mature enough 
and are capable of doing their own thing. And they literally extract DNA, genetic information from neighboring cells that are not able to hold their integrity. So they take information from neighboring cells as well as their nutrients to have enough genetic information so that when their needs are not supplied, they multiply. Now that is what's known as a cancer. But these are red blood cells, again, that as they have matured and have metamorphed into the functionality of the surrounding tissue that they were tagged to become by the distributorship of the body known as the spleen, as long as the qualities of nutrients and the stability of the environment are stable, they will stay liver cells or kidney cells for their lifespan. And every organ has its own lifespan. We know that. And I don't know why they don't teach that to the children. Seven years for some organs, only 127 days for some tissues. We should know that so that it makes us accountable for what we're eating and putting into the factories in the small intestines that's going to make these blood cells that are going to be able to be strong enough and completely empowered with the nutrients that is necessary for them to hold their space as a component of an organ. Now, this becomes very critical. Listen to me, because if you're eating Skittles on a regular basis, because our body is so super that one skittle or a handful is not going to do much of anything to you. But when they are your primary food every day, when we look at the chemistry of what a skittle is made out of or alcohol, okay, or this poor quality food full of pesticides, et cetera, then that's what the red blood cells are going to be made out of because that's all the villas microvilli in your small intestines have to transform that into the baby red blood cells. And that's what the spleen now has to work with. And so over time, as these organs go through their cycle of regenerating themselves, which is really on a continuous basis, and then there's a leap in the regeneration necessary, that is the number and time of tissues needed for an overhaul. Check this out. An overhaul of the organ has to occur, and there's a greater need. But when the organ is in its stable cycle, the spleen will be able to supply that organ with the red blood cells already developed, tagged, and primed for that organ, and all that tissue that was red blood cells have to do is be a part of the group, part of the organ. Now, how much time do I Oh, look at that. I'm not going to add too much more because I want to use the rest of the session for Q&A with you. If you've been following me at all, if you have any basic scientific background, if you don't, let's do this. You're going to devote this year to getting a scientific basic background 
so you can begin to understand how awesome this tool that you have known as a physical body is the best thing that you have ever blown your breath into and has the capacity to do incredible things for you. But you have to understand the basics of what happens in it as it's played out in your outer world and make a decision about how you want to use this body. And unfortunately, in our overall environment, we're getting a lot of information and stimuli that is just nonsense. Who wants to spend their life killing up, destroying another individual's body? What kind of purpose is that? Because when you start coming to our classes in the university that teach you the order of the universe and how these cycles unfold and enfold everything into itself, you're going to see that experience play out in your world. You don't want that. So you're watching on these shows of entertainment and images, et cetera, how people are literally attacking someone else's body, dismembering it, literally uh, inflicting a destructive force upon the body where you can no longer be contained in your body. And it's known as death, but we'll have to talk about that at a later date because there's really no such thing. But the use of that body, unless it literally gets some intense support or you really are real clear about your destiny and that this body is going to suit you, you won't be able to stay in that body. So, and it's interesting, you hear the little thing, the seeds I'm throwing out there? Okay, because you should be really thinking about, well, if somebody shoots me up, you know, 25 times, how am I going to survive that? Well, yeah, that's a good question for you. Do you want to survive it? If you do, do you have the rapport with your body that it will listen to you under that kind of circumstance and do its thing, which is what? regenerate itself spontaneously on demand and at its own natural cycles because it's been cared for. Uh-huh, check that out. So these are not options and discussions that are basically projected to the general public right now because you seem to be so enthralled in looking at this disruptive and very invasive interaction with bodies instead of wanting to go within and understanding the limitless power that they contain. And you do that first by going within your own and being able to communicate with your organs and with your tissues. It's really important that you begin to do this. So the baby blood cell is the everyday stem cell of the human body. So we don't have to touch and try to feel it, figure out where are my stem cells. They're everywhere, literally. Which ones are you looking for? 
because you have the ones that are made directly from the food that you're eating and the thoughts that you're thinking that with the communication with your spleen will do exactly whatever you need when you need it. And that is so important that you make sure that those special little cells, the microvilli in the small intestines, receive the highest quality of what? Raw material. Remember in the manufacturing arena, we're talking about my raw materials. I need high-quality raw materials to be able to make my product. And you've got to think like that. A lot of people, oh, oh, they're organic foods, you know, they look so nice, whatever, but it's just so expensive. I just can't afford that. Well, really? If you understood your small intestines and recognized the end result of what's going to happen throughout your body because you fed those microvilli in your small intestines, very toxic containing foods, foods where the raw materials were decaying. They weren't even intact, and you know that. If you look at the vegetable, vegetables are all limp, green is fading, yellow when it should be green around the edges, brown streaks, just all kinds of things. And it's like, okay, well, I'm going to get this as opposed to the organic. And now, depending upon if that food can be assimilated by the microvilli and if it can even make the ride to the spleen and if it can eventually be tagged as a blood cell that is looking strange to even get to the organ, the organ is like, what is this coming in here? I mean, where are these raw materials coming from? For, for me to basically build my organ known as the liver, I got to work with this? Yeah, that's the conversation. And then you wonder why, oh, you know, I don't feel so good, and oh, you know, right. And so then you go off into dreamland about, oh, that's aging, and no. That is basically poor quality raw materials making, therefore, inadequate, weakened blood cells that are trying to basically behave and be a part of an environment, a community that it definitely doesn't have the quality to provide its highest capabilities. And that's how you feel that. So it's very important that we look at what is most important because if we recognize, wow, I want to make more money than just enough to buy high-quality food to eat. I feel great. And that's going to basically let you know, oh, I'm looking good. I feel great. All you have to do is learn how to use the mind and its brain and you will be able to change everything so that I wouldn't even think about not eating organic food because of how wonderful I look, how great I feel. And my capacity to create is beyond the heavens. And that is your capacity. So let's hear what you have to say about the quality of your blood. Did you know that your blood in a healthy individual is made 
directly from the foods you eat in the small intestines by the little teeny factory known as the microvilli. And I give you these names because I want you to go and get into your medical encyclopedias and read about this so you can understand, do I want to have a bunch of blood cells made from Skittles and Mars bars and a whole bunch of other stuff, knowing that I got a date with an incredible interview next week and I've made plans for an incredible event coming up in three months, do I basically want to do that? Because I can determine my success by determining the quality of the food I eat. Now, you have to understand, I'm not saying that there's bad food per se. We have to look at primarily its constitution. It's already laden with chemicals. Okay, I don't care what it is. It could be soybeans that all the vegetarians think are so wonderful. But if they're full of uh, Roundup, okay, and all kind of other chemicals, that tofu and tempeh is not to be consumed. You'd be better off having literally a clean cup of cow milk that is not inundated with hormones than to eat Roundup soybeans and soybeans that have been treated with all kinds of chemicals so that you can make artificial meat? No. So to get pea protein that's made into a hamburger or sausage or whatever is far more palatable than using PVT that is a bunch of chemicals on a toxic soybean. Eating a clean piece of fresh flesh is far more advantageous for your tissues than to eat what supposedly is vegetarian, but it's nothing but a bunch of chemicals. You might as well get some skills. So you've got to start reading here and understanding it's the quality of my red blood cells that is most important. It's most important. So, you know, we're stacking the information because there's other things that are involved too. But not unless you understand the basics that we have to deal with, then all this other stuff really doesn't make sense to you and you'll wind up basically producing overall a poor quality of blood, which then all the organs are going to suffer from, which then your avatar, the physical body, is going to begin to dysfunction and then your thinking and the capacity of the brain to translate your thoughts is going to diminish, and then, therefore, you're not going to be able to stay here in the three-dimensional world and learn about math and the capacity to be an incredible, limitless creator. So my concern is, how and why would a human being want to basically put chemicals on the food that is going to pollute the quality of blood? I don't care who it is, at what level. You're the farmer. You're putting stuff on the seeds that are going to automatically weaken and take the plants. Then you're going to put coloring and all kinds of chemicals 
in the manufacturing of the food to give it a different shape and color and totally change the flavor and aroma, and then you're going to freeze it, and then you're going to microwave it, and then you're going to seal it in plastic, and then you're going to seal that in aluminum? Really? That's not necessary to do all these things to what I have to build a red blood cell from. And we have so many other techniques that we can use to get high-quality food to ourselves in a fresh state. Because I'm like, if we can move from a wheel made out of stone to be able to create stealth aircraft, it's the same brain that did all this. Evolved, we can figure out how to handle our food differently. So why is it being handled in such a way that it actually causes a weakness in my blood? Who is doing that and why would they do that? And do they think that they can basically sell me this kind of thing and they're not basically going to have to deal with the same issue? If not themselves, their next generations, et cetera, because everything is linked. Everything I do totally affects all of my children now and my children in my future. And that goes for each and every one of you. But if you don't see the link here between you and everything else, you just think that you can just go do anything and it's not going to bother you. And that's a reflection of your ignore rants about how everything energetically is correct is connected. And everything energetically has always been the laws here. That's why you've got to be able to go to the different levels of energetics that expresses itself in 3D, in what we call gross matter, as what you think you see. But what are all the different levels underneath? And that's your capacity to know that. Now, many people are like, oh, that's the detail. Well, I don't see why I have to learn that. Well, you don't. You always have a choice. But now, when we're looking at the capacity for you to be here, 200 years, 300, 400, that you can basically look like you're 35 at, you know, age 200, that you can regenerate all of your organs and tissues, why would you not want to know that? But, of course, this kind of information is not spoken. And so, therefore, what you look around and see, you think that's all that's available to you. And that in no way is true. So respect that red blood cell, that everyday totally potential cell that will become all of your organs if possible and will be able to regenerate all of your organs and tissues in their own sequence if the quality of the initial red blood cells is high, high quality, thorough. And you then do what? Trigger the lifespan of that tissue by telling it exactly, oh, you're going to be around here for 200 years, okay? Yes, I know you're going to replace yourself in your own little life cycle, but you're going to do it, liver, kidney, spleen, at the rate that's needed so that I, in my mind, and my brain 
are not at all seeing any diminution or fleeting function in my awareness. Yeah, that's what you tell the body. That's the same thing that the athletes have to tell their body, that the dancers have to tell their body, the artists have to tell their body. So why would you not tell your body this so that you can do what you love doing indefinitely? And with that, my sponsors are like, yeah, what did she do? Okay, let's hear you, and I've got at least 52, no, let's say uh, 16 more minutes to talk to you. Let's do it. Please call me. Okay, sponsors, take it away, and let's go to the phones. You are listening to the Jewel Network Science Radio Broadcasting Frequency. The Jewel Network provides the neural nutrition and stimulates expansion and evolution of the human brain, nervous system, and body. Remember, our source is a neuron. All right, welcome back. So, if you have a question for Dr. Jewel Pukum, please hit star one on your phone to ask your question, state your name, where you're calling from, and your question, 347-215-9531. So if you have a question for our callers, you can hit star one to let us know you want to ask Dr. Jewel Pukum a question. Any questions? Are they holding their heads? Okay, <laughs> yes, what? we have one. <laughs> what is she saying? Okay. What? okay. <laughs> I love you out there. Okay, you know, you got to get this. I'm going to keep giving it to you until you get this. Okay. <laughs> yes, so we have area code 216-235. Your mic is unmuted. State your name and your question for Dr. Jill Pooker. Greetings. This is uh, Teresa. Yes. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> how are you? <laughs> I'm doing fine. <laughs> I'm doing fine. I'm I'm so glad that I was got in on your uh call to listen to your positive uh enlightening um uh, information. Um uh, when I tuned in you I, I got in on the point where you said the organs each of the have their own uh, lifespan, their own, um, could you expand on that, or their own life cycle? That's what my husband said. Yeah, so I won't give you the um, actual uh, delineations of the organs because they vary in cultures. They vary because of climate. They vary also because of the genetic history. But we know that each organ system has a capacity to regenerate itself, and that total regeneration and replenishing of every organ is a constant. So that's why when the nutrients that are taken into the digestive tract are of high quality, then we can stabilize in that group and identify the age of the organ for that environment, for the actual uh, 
how can I say, uh, genital assignments because the uh, rate of regeneration is different for men versus women, okay, relative to just the hormones and their dominance on the organs, okay, as well as the quality of uh, thought, believe it or not, that a person has and how they communicate with the body can also shorten or prolong the regeneration cycle of every organ. And we really kind of know this already because, you know, we're like, oh, boy, you know, look at her. I can't believe that she's this age and look how she looks. And then we have somebody that's even younger than that same person, and they look twice as old. Well, how did that happen? Okay, but just ask. Well, you don't have to ask. Just listen to the individual. Their basic conversations, what they believe in, okay? They will explain to you their fear level. All of those things will determine the capacity of the tissues to regenerate and how long a cycle of regeneration will last. So if you're interested in that, just put that in Google, okay? What is the life cycle of my liver, okay? What is the life cycle of the kidneys? And they will tell you basically what that regeneration cycle is, but that's just an observation that's made because in individuals who are thinking a particular way, eating a particular way, and in a particular environment are going to cause those numbers to vary. And that's why you want to look at, well, the people who live in my community who are female, okay, who are melanin dominant or melanin recessive, that makes a really big difference because the melanin and the amount of melanin actually increases the longevity of all of the cycles of all the organs in the body. When that body is fed well, is kept clean, and receives adequate amounts of sunlight. So can I start you on that trail and you investigate it further and you'll be surprised at what you discover. Okay? Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. I want you to study, oh, see, because when you study, you're going to find out so much more instead of me just giving you a one or two or three word answer. Because our goal this year at the Jewel Network is to help you as much as we can begin to acquire the owner's manual of the human body. This is what you need. See, all this basically is in your manual. So you can come and study with us at the university. That's what we do. Or, again, I don't have any problems, like I said, giving you the main triggers, and you do the research. And you come back to the university because we definitely want you to have access to all of your brain when you're studying yourself because you learn so much faster, you'll appreciate me sending you off into your search. But come and visit us at the university, and thank you for listening to the show. Please continue to listen. Thank you for your statement. Thank you, all all of you. Thank you. Peace and blessing. Thank you. Okay, we okay. have any more questions? Oh, Engineer. Right. Raise your hand, star one. Star one, if you have a question for Dr. Joel Program, if you have any questions. Again, you can call into 
215-955-9531 for those that are listening online. Um, and press star 1 to raise your hand. We'll call the first six digits of your phone number and state your name and where you're calling from. Are there any additional questions? We have about eight minutes left. <laughs> yeah, I see you. Time is going away, way, way. It is. Okay, so our next caller is area code 561-542. Your line is unmuted. What's your name and where you're calling from? Hi, ladies. My name is Mario Howell. I'm calling from Altamont Springs, Florida. Hi. How you doing over there in Florida? I miss it. It's snowing here. Tell me how it uh, takes the sun in. And is it beautiful? <laughs> okay. It's beautiful. I love it. Today was amazing. <laughs> if you guys ever want to come and hang out with me, let me know. I'm looking forward to that very soon. Well, how can I uh, support you today? So I'm a young 31-year-old man, and I was recently shocked when I went to the dentist, and they said I might need two cats. And just listening to your program, can you regenerate or rebuild your teeth also? Because that's just not something I'm looking forward to. (laughs) Yay, good for you. Okay, wonderful. Yes, we definitely do not recommend that you get. Now, they talk about crowns. When they talk about caps, we need to be clear on the language here. So when they tell you cap, what are they saying versus you having to get a root canal? And then they cap it. What are they saying? The old fillings. It looks like an old filling, so they want to go back in, uh, I guess, patch it up, and then put a um, just a crown or cap on top of it. So after she told me that, I kind of just left, so I didn't get into details. I'm just hoping I can figure it out on my own. Okay. Now, this is very clear because um, you can figure it out on your own once you get the proper information. Now, one, everything in the body can regenerate. That's very important to understand. So you're definitely on the right track. Two, the teeth are unique because the teeth can last for thousands of years. We know that, right? You know, archaeologists are finding skulls all the time, and they say, oh, they, they uh, tested for his age, and it's like, oh, this skull is 5,000 years old. This one is 10,000 years old with teeth. So we're looking at something that has a history of longevity. Now, what have you done that has allowed something that can last for thousands of years to become so fragile and delicate where it is deteriorating? First question you have to ask yourself, my lifestyle. Okay, what am I eating? What am I not eating? What's happening with the air? Many people don't know how to breathe properly. We know that mouth breathers, keep the teeth dry because the teeth are porous and they literally inhibit the tooth from being able to sustain its proper water content, which is necessary, and the tooth begins to crack and break down. So many people have breathing problems and that will also age and break down the teeth. So you have to check yourself for that. Now, since we know you've had problems, so we know that you've had habits that have not been in your best interest, that you've had to have addressed in the past, now we have to look at, well, how deep is this cavity that has been filled? Was it filled with mercury? Was it, you know, amalgam? 
Was it actually filled with porcelain? Okay, is this something that was literally decayed under a gold filling? That doesn't happen very often, but it can. And so you have to have that information. Can you tell me, is this an old mercury or amalgam filling? To be honest, I'm not sure what it is. I probably got it done years ago, like 10 years ago. She just it looks like an old but, filling that. But is what color is it? Is it? Does it look like it's silver? Or is it what we call amalgam, where it actually is kind of like a liquid porcelain that's been put in the filling? Because that's also temporary, but it can last for 10 or 12 years. Does it, is it white, or does it, is it actually looks like a metal? Uh, it's a white filling. It would be okay. one of the newer ones, like within the last okay. 10 years. Okay, so that probably is amalgam. But if it's cracked in some way or whatever, you uh, basically have done damage to the deep area of the tooth. Now, you have to then look at your tooth care, okay? How are, what are you applying to the teeth on a regular basis, okay? Most people don't know you should brush with a soft toothbrush or use a water pick and floss, okay? You got to make sure that you're not using harsh, Dentrifices, dentrifices, okay, toothpaste, okay, dentrifices is what I want to say, because if it's loaded with fluoride, okay, that is a serious problem. We they still haven't been honest with teaching us about what fluoride really does to bone and to the pineal gland and to other areas of the tooth. They're only talking about keeping the bacteria down, but you need the bacteria in the mouth but particular types of bacteria. So I say to you, there are specialists known as biological dentists, okay? Biological dentists are the dentists that specialize in making sure that all of these parameters that I have listed to you and more that you are taught and you are directed on how to provide for yourself. Bottom line, is that there's something known as the tooth bud, tooth bud, and it actually sits right below the gum and above the level of the root of the tooth. And so your tooth bud is still there, but is the tooth bud sick? But under all circumstances, most of the time, if a tooth has to be uh, extracted, when they rip the tooth out, uh, tooth out, they also tear away the tooth bud. And so, therefore, in those circumstances, the person is not able to regenerate the tooth because the actual bud that sits there that will regenerate multiple teeth for you has been removed. Come and write us at the Jewel Network, but do the investigation. Yes, you can change this, but you got to do some research and most of all, look at your habits. So I love you, everybody. Tomorrow, please listen to Ms. Deborah P. Kane, our culinary expert for your diet. And on Wednesday, we've got to do a balancing program. And guess what? Thursday, the best. Thank you for listening to the Jewel Network Science Broadcasting Frequency. Join Dr. Jewel here each Monday at 5 p.m. on the Jewel Network, hosted by thejewelnetwork.com and Jewel University of Immortal Sciences for Immortal Living, Jewish.
For our complete broadcast schedule, additional information, and to purchase products, please visit our website, www.thejewelnetwork.com. If you'd like to contact us, please send your email to info at thejewelnetwork.net. Thank you. This broadcast is under full copyright and trademark protection owned by the House of Jewels. This broadcast in its entirety, nor any part of this broadcast, can be reproduced, copied, transcribed, placed in podcast format, placed into MP3 format, or suspended on any internet digital location without express permission from the House of Jewels, Washington State, USA. To reproduce or suspend this broadcast in any digital location other than the Jewel Network is prohibited and legal proceedings will follow accordingly. Thank you for listening.